The problem with working is that when you come home, you don't really feel like doing very much afterwards. Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. I'm Stephen Sersky. Thanks for finding my podcast here. Or is it an audio experience? Audio blog? Not sure. You can check the show notes and other episodes on my website, stephensersky.com. Been doing this for a couple months already. Been enjoying it. Uh, one of the purposes behind it was to actually clarify my own thinking. Uh, but one of the initial sort of motivations was to create an audio complement or an audio version of my my blog, my website, exactly, um, which I never really did do. And the reason for that is because when I wrote or I was writing a lot more uh, blog posts, I don't know why I'd, I'd never done this before, but why didn't I just dictate them afterwards, like read them out loud uh, and then post the audio file on my website. So I've actually been going through some of them. Some Not all the blog posts have audio files attached to them, but some of them do. And I also don't even know why I'm not posting them to this channel as well. You can go, and I think what I will be doing shortly is creating a new page with all of the uh, audio files on one page, and that way you can take a look at it and just, instead of going to the blog post specifically, you can just go to the audio version of the website and then take a listen there. But right now, everything's scattered. I can see that one of the main projects I've had lately is this audio blog. I record this every Monday to Friday, uh, and I post it um, later in the evening in Beijing after I've done my work day, after I've had all my thinks and thoughts for the day, um, all the uh, brilliantisms that float by in my uh, uh, day-to-day, minute-to-minute whatevers, And basically, it's just me thinking out loud of all the things that sort of what I've been able to do, what I'd like to do, how to prepare, how to get it done. And I'm hoping that by talking about it, other people will hear it and go, okay, yeah, no, I see what you mean there. And either sympathize, empathize, or draw some inspiration from it. (laughs) That's the goal anyway. And that's why when I talk about work... I mean, I, I think of all of the moms and the dads that I that I know out there, like people my age, right? Not not our moms and dads, not the grandparents. I'm talking the moms and dads, you guys out there, who instead of traveling the world, decided to have families, and or you did travel the world and you do have families anyway. To whereas I come home, and I'm I'm not motivated to to get anything else like on any of my creative projects. Imagine. In between all that, you have children to take care of. One of the reasons why this came up, actually, is because uh, um, it was my sister's birthday recently. Uh, and same with one of my nieces. And so I called uh, home a couple days ago, and we were talking to them, and the family was around. So we were catching up on what they were reading and what they are doing these days and how everyone's doing. And, you know, I, I hear the I hear the voices of my nieces, and they're they're getting older, <laughs> right? I haven't been back uh, to Canada, I guess I was not, 2018, 2019. I can't remember. It's been a few years already. Uh, I didn't, I guess I didn't go the year, we went to Taiwan in 2019. Hong Kong was 2018. So that was, but that probably would have been when I last went back to Canada, back to Winnipeg. Um, 
so I mean, I haven't seen my family, I haven't seen my nieces uh, in person uh, or my nephews uh, since uh, that time. So I mean, it's almost like uh, the the next scene that comes to mind almost is that scene in Interstellar after uh, Matthew McConaughey gets back onto the starship, onto the spaceship. After being on that planet where they're, if they're down there for like a minute, it's seven Earth years or something like that. Like, and he's gone for like seven or eight minutes. Like, it's a short period of time, but in the other, you know, the rest of the universe, it's zipped by in 35, 35 years or something. It's almost like that. That's kind of what it feels like sometimes um, with uh, living in a different time zone on the other side of the planet. Uh, and then also, you know, they're busy and. I'm busy over here as well, finding finding that time to be able to uh, uh, have those calls. Even though we are on social media, I mean, social media has sort of made it easier in that regard to post something, and then you know I'll check it again in the morning or in the evening. Uh, so in that sense, it's sort of taken uh, some of the edge off of it. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, not having been back in Canada. This is, I, I've I've lost, I no longer track how long I've been outside of Canada because this is the longest I've been outside of Canada and this is the longest that I've been inside of one country and living in one city in one apartment blah blah blah, blah. like it's the longest um, other than my life back in Winnipeg be that as it may one of the other um, uh, things that struck my mind and I, I thought of this because my sister loves Star Trek was that uh, as, as I was at work today it it struck me that what if with our development of technology, we aren't necessarily in a computer simula uh, simulation, but what if we are more in a recorded memory? And this is actually from uh, an idea that going forward, you know, social media, we post everything. Like I document a lot of the stuff I do, pictures, videos, audio, you know, my, my writings, you name it. But then imagine you know, my nieces, my nephews, or their children, where they're documenting everything, the, the little floating orb that follows them everywhere, uh, you know, the iPhone 37X or something like that, that uh, just blobs around, like, uh, who are those characters in uh, Star Wars, um, like R2-D2, you know, and C-3PO, but R more the uh, R2-D2 android sort of thing that follows uh, people around, kind of like that, recording your entire life. So the idea that I had while I was um, trying not to fall asleep at work uh, was what if we are in that memory that someone or something is watching the memory, but then watching the historical reconstruction of the memory that leads up to a certain time, That, but we live it real time, Meanwhile, all of these things are taking uh, place in the future. Uh, what do you think? Right? Isn't it mind-bending? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. I'm sure Star Trek had an episode about that at some point. We're two days away from Shuangshi, which is the big uh, shopping bonanza in, in here in China. But it, you never really know it because there's been deals ever since October uh, the October 20th kickoff so every two hours like there's another new sale and it, today I was talking to a couple colleagues and they were like yeah you know we just uh, one of them just scrolls through it to see what you know whether sort of 
what other sort of new things they could find to, to buy. And I'm sitting there like, hey, you know, I found a very effective way of restricting what I buy. If I do any research online, and if it's published by an American article, like from the United States, I search for it on Taobao or Jingdong, guess what? More times than not, I can't get it here. Which means, I don't get it. It was suggested, why don't you just get the knockoff? Like, if it's all made in China, just get the one that went out the other factory door. I mean, which, you know, kind of makes sense. But uh, there's a quality issue. Uh, there's some things you can do that with, but there's other things where it's like, well, the reason I'd want the version that's available in the United States is because it's certified by a certain number of bodies that ensure that it's not going to kill me right away. You know, that's sort of what I've put my faith in now. I'm sure someone's going to pick that apart and say it's not entirely true. Whatever, be, it, be that as it may, you know, when you do research back in your homeland of, hey, wouldn't it be neat if I could get this thing, and then you look for it and you can't get it. And this actually even goes for books, especially for books. Um, and like not sensitive information, like aside from that, other stuff, just the availability. I don't have a library that I can just go to, get a few books, and then come back. And there is something to be said about the physical book. I actually bought a book uh, a couple days ago, last week. I have talked about it. I'm not sure if I mentioned that I bought it, but I, it's J. Paul Getty's How to Be Rich. And I, I bought it, and I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, reading a book is kind of inconvenient, especially this paper book one. It's kind of cheap. It was only 30 quai plus 10 quai shipping, so it was $8 total Canadian. And I'm looking at it going, I, like, I have the ebook. I've had it for years. Um, but I wanted the hard copy so that I could look at it and go, it's not so much, and I know a lot of people do criticize uh, John Paul Getty for this, for how he was or, you know, the things that he did, companies that he worked, like he built, um, like uh, with, uh, was it Standard Oil, I think it was? But um, it, it's more about his mentality. It's like, you you, you can do it. The, 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 one of the quotes is, the door to the, uh, the American, to the millionaire's door is not locked. You just have to go work for it you have to find the key you have to either build the door find the key make the key be your own iron smith whatever it is but you can do it you, i mean it's not extraordinarily unique it, it's been going on for years business that is but you know finding something that makes billions I mean, yeah that's a little bit more difficult millions yeah it's tough and then you know making tens of thousands of dollars well i think a lot of us are going to do that uh in our lifetimes every year but it's still not enough for, for a lot of it, right? So, I mean, again, his mentality is sort of uh, what's uh, infectious and inspiring from that book. So I bought it with the idea that I don't have to open my computer because as soon as I open my computer to look at the ebook, and this goes for like if I had it on an iPad or on my cell phone, as soon as you touch that electronic device, you get distracted. You know, what's what notification? Oh, I'll just check this. Oh, what's the, oh, it's four o'clock. The sales have turned over on Jingdong or Taobao. You know, this way. I can look at this hardcover book sitting on my desk, even if it remains in perfect condition. The the fact that like when I look at it, I go, you know what? I will do 10 more minutes of whatever project I got to get done, and then I'll move on to something else, right? So it's just that brief, that flash of inspiration to get it done. 
it doesn't always work. No, I'm not going to lie. I've had my Chinese books out for a, a long time with the that same idea. And it just doesn't work for the Chinese books. Because that, that brings up whole lots of memories of going, oh, I do not want to think about that right now. Uh, the, the other thing that I was looking at today, and I was thinking about a bit more about the NFTs that I went off about yesterday. It's, I understand, I guess especially in terms of music or in terms of movies. One aspect about NFTs that uh, is talked about by a few people but has been sort of overshadowed by the their current popularity is the fact that every NFT represents a piece of the, of the project. So whereas the album like you make a 12 track album you release you know 10,000 or 1,000 or um, 5,000 unique NFT special editions each one of them personally tailored personally labeled for whoever buys it in addition you get some add-ons you know maybe it's dinner with the uh, the artist or an extra photograph or some behind the scenes or a video made just for you the one who purchased that album that copy of it that one but that goes beyond the digital like the actual asset so the nft this whole idea of like where you're getting dinner with the artist that that's nothing new that's not nft that is part of the add-on the special features that's that's patreon but on steroids with with nft attached the the idea of the nft however is that when they buy that unique album, that they then own a piece of the project going forward and they draw royalties from it. This is actually not a bad idea. This this has been broached before, how blockchain could basically enable anyone and everyone to copyright their face. That is, if, for example, on Instagram, Travelers, we've all done it. We've all gone taking pictures of um, crowds before. But imagine, instead of having to go get the written permission of everyone involved in the picture, you know, of any crowd, any, any street, whatever. And this could even go for the digitization, digitization of that very street. That could help offset some of the taxes in that neighborhood. For example, I go downtown Winnipeg, take a picture of downtown Winnipeg. Every time that picture gets retweeted or shared or viewed, then, and alongside an ad or any sort of revenue-generating model, Winnipeg, the city, would receive a fraction of the profits instead of the profits going to whatever the host is of that ad-displaying ad site. For example, a newspaper. Newspaper, you have an article, you have a picture, you have an advertisement. Who makes the money in that in that case? Well, I mean, the photo- photographer got paid, okay. The writer got paid, okay. But the newspaper collected money for the advertisement that displays the advertisement alongside the value-added bonus of the picture, the written text. Yes, they paid for the paper and the pulp, whatever. But they have production costs, yes. But they are charging for that advertisement. Meanwhile, the city, the people who 
or the, the, the city that is in the picture didn't receive any extra commission from that image. So this, this is where I see how NFTs could basically monetize our whole world. <laughs> like everything becomes monetized. Everything has a financial value attached to it. Everyone is making money, but it might not be very much money. And it does go back to, you know, the whole streaming wars, that streaming argument of like how much is a, uh, how much is creativity worth? How much is viewership worth? Um, you know, if a, an artist publishes something digital, they have to have it played like a million times to make uh, like a 10 bucks or something or a hundred bucks. These aren't going to be livable wages. These aren't going to be, it's not going to be a substitute for getting a job or producing something that people need or want in their daily lives. Which, So this is, again, going back to the J. Paul Getty book, How to Be Rich, he was very much in the camp of, he wasn't IP. It wasn't so much IP. He was producing, he was getting oil out of the ground because that was the big trend back then, 100 years ago, and putting it into uh, the pipeline, into the industry, right? Uh, and into the public for public consumption. It was physical. It was real. It was a commodity. It had value to it because a lot more people could, from one barrel of oil, a lot more people could drive uh, to work. Uh, they could make plastic gloves that would keep them safe, masks. They could do any number of things. They could have shoes to wear. I mean, so it's like so those derivatives from one barrel of oil. And I know I'm simplifying it, but that's the idea there is that things are becoming commoditized. Everything has a financial value attached to it. So it's not just for the musical creation. It's not for the art, just for the artists. It's for the world going forward that we all are able to sort of benefit from it. I, I see how it could work. Um, I'm not sure how I exactly feel about having the world digitized and monetized in such a fashion. It's, it's a bizarre concept. But it might be that in 10, 15, 20 years, you know, my nieces are going, well, what do you mean you didn't NFT your travel photos? <laughs> what? <laughs> how crazy was that? The thought has crossed my mind. Don't don't get me wrong. So with all that being said and done, it might be that sometime in the next couple of months, I dig a little bit deeper into this NFT business just to see what it's like and create something that maybe I could sell as an NFT. I don't know yet. And given that my, my propensity to take a very long time to produce a lot of things, and it is, I'm a solo project here, it might take a couple of months, but the idea is there, and why not? I'm not dumb enough to say no, 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 no. I can, I would never do that. It's more like how do how do I make it work for me? Like I don't, you don't want to just be that guy who like all of a sudden he's selling water. Why is he selling water? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can make money on it, but like, uh, why would you buy that water when you could easily just go buy Dasani or something else, right? Or Nongfu Shui, Nongfu water. Anyway, so those were some of the thoughts that were uh, struck me today. And it is making a little bit more sense. Um, I, I don't see it being an immediate sort of um, supplement to people's income, to my income, to anyone's income, anyone's income, because it just the, the timeline for it to actually take hold as a system uh, would probably take a little bit longer. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. <laughs> a little bit more philosophical. 
than normal and a little bit longer than normal. I hope this is a new trend here where I'm hitting up against uh, 20 minutes. But I'll leave it there. Show notes on my website, stephenstrisky.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for finding me. And uh, it is only Tuesday, I know. But have a good week, and we will talk again. Bye-bye.